If you enjoy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there is an amazing resource at your fingertips full of great videos and full of technique thoughtfully explained. The website's tfsjujitsu.com. Now, this website features tons of videos that help break down various techniques and help explain step-by-step on how to get you there. With gi and no-gi instructionals, it has something for everybody who enjoys BJJ. This website has been meticulously put together by Team Balance Black Belt, Ben Tallini. And his focus was to build a website where people felt confident in the information they were getting. TFSJujitsu.com is full of videos of various positions, submissions, takedowns, and more. One of my favorite things about the website is Ben invites other instructors to share their favorite techniques and break them down into bite-sized pieces. So, listen, it's a great website. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, especially if you enjoy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Make sure you check them out at TFSJujitsu.com. That's T-F-S-J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U.com. I'm very excited for this episode because this is with two of one of my favorite training partners, Chris Anderson and Kevin McDougal from Taikai. They are one of my favorite partners. There's like a list of people that I really enjoy rolling with, and Kevin and Chris are at the top of that list. They're always kind to me, and anytime I get to see them, I just want to give them a hug because I love them so much. And this was the first time that I've had two guests on at the same time, so I'm a little interested. Uh, We tried really hard not to talk over each other. Uh, We tried to make it the best audio quality possible, and I hope it came out okay. When I was listening to it, when I was editing it, it sounds pretty decent. There's a couple times where we start talking over each other, but we just love each other so much. We're so excited to talk to each other. We just Words just start flying out of our mouth. But listen, this episode was really special to me because they both wanted to do it and they were both uh, so excited to do it. So it was my pleasure to sit down and talk to them. I mean, I would have done it no matter what, podcast or not, because these guys are great. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to really appreciate Chris's background. It's hilarious. He came from a business meeting and he's all up in a suit and tie and then uh, you got Kevin and I just chilling in our basements. So it was pretty funny. Listen, I love these guys very much, and I hope you enjoy this podcast, and I hope their personalities shine through this podcast. Dude, welcome to the Thanks, episode man. of the Corey Cast with my friend Kevin and Chris. What's up, gentlemen? Just got out awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We just said before, we're like, we got to be careful about talking over each other. It's the first thing that we did. <laughs> this is going to be great. Dude, all right, we'll start with this. Chris, introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Chris Anderson. Uh, I think we're talking about being a part of a jujitsu school and being like a good training partner. I think that's kind of like the theme and uh, you know, in just a minute, I'm sure you'll have Kevin introduce himself, but uh, I think the first thing I'd like to say is I think many of us have seen the meme uh, or even like the gif 
of Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed like hugging each other in the at the beach. <laughs> and that's like the image I have in my head of Kevin. He's like my preferred training partner. Or another Carl Weathers reference. Uh, in the Predator, when Arnold and Carl Weathers they like grab their hands together. That's how I feel about Kevin. Wow. That's amazing. I am touched and honored and I can't top that, buddy. That does that nails it. That's exactly right. That is the feeling when Chris shows up to Taikai. And Corey, by the way. Corey's, Corey's right there with him. You guys are making me cry. That was fucking what an intro, dude. That was amazing. Just being real. Dude, I love it. Dude, Kevin, introduce yeah. yourself. I am Kevin McDougal, and uh, this is my first time ever on a podcast. And uh, so feeling pretty good about that. Popping that cherry. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah, I'm excited because you are like two, you guys are two of my favorite training partners. Both brown belts? I, I haven't but, trained in a year and a half. I don't even remember anybody's ranks anymore. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, when I first put the gi back on, I looked at my belt and was like, I think I'm missing a stripe. <laughs> and I had to ask Chris, I was like, wait, do we have two stripes or three? He's like, I think we have two. I said, okay. Just want to make sure. So <laughs> you should ask Kat. You should ask Ken. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> so well, I heard that there was a blue belt test coming up and I was like, great. I hope I'm on the list because <laughs> I'd love to be demoted. Uh, blue belt. <laughs> yeah, well, dummies aren't the same as real people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like Kevin, how does it feel to be back doing jujitsu? It's uh, I I say this to a lot of people. That I think that it's always it's like my body knows what it wants to do, but it knows it a second late. So so mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm always like, oh, I should have done that, or Ugh. and then it's too late. You're already fighting back from a bad spot. So, but what, it's coming. What about back. you, Chris? Do you think like is your cardio there at all? That's assuming that my cardio was there in the first place, but I would say it's a little bit of a, a different experience for me in the pod system right now than maybe what Kevin is experiencing because I'm, so I'm helping out with the kids classes on Wednesday. And so based on my schedule and the fact that I have two, two relatively, one relatively small child and one um, definitely small child and a wife who actually likes spending time with me, I try to go to class right after I help out with the kids' classes. So I'm there at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays and and Mondays, and I went to one Friday class at 6. But it's like me as a brown belt, four blue belts, three of whom are only training with them within that group of the three, and then a couple of green, you know, everybody who's below that. So it's a little bit of a different experience right now, but definitely being on the mat, um, getting to go to classes with Dennis, just being there and moving around has been so much better than watching DVDs in my basement with a grappling dummy. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you've been doing? Is just watching DVDs and stuff? That's what I've been doing. I went to one class with a grappling dummy um, at Taikai and you know, I think they were really great for some people who were for new, they were new people, but I don't know if I would get a lot out of shrimping against a grappling dummy and scissor sweeping a grappling dummy. There are some things that I really wanted to work on 
so I'm I'm watching I was watching those DVDs on those moves and then applying them on the dummy and then thankfully I've been able to work on them in the pods uh, with the with the the lower belts which is probably the best way to add in new moves do it against people who you're much better than um, <laughs> because you can like level yourself up with that move yeah. and kind of figure it out while you're not also fighting for your life. Yeah. Yeah, I had a similar experience where I I was going to classes with the grappling dummies uh, toward the end there, um, just so that I could start to get back in with one, get back in schedule. Like, yeah, you've got to get to class, so so yeah. get back to that. And then two, uh, it, it helps you kind of you making you're making sure that you're thinking about things that you weren't necessarily remembering to think about. So your, your instructor is saying, hey, we're going to work on this. You're like, oh, yeah, I should have been working on that all, all along. And it sort of reminded me of, yep, we have to do these things. We can do it this way. But at the same time, I would be home. And for me, cardio, because my back is bad, I've been using a bike on a trainer in my gym. So I would use the bike. But while I'm on the bike, I'm watching jujitsu videos. So And then I would hop off the bike and work what I was just watching on the dummy. So I had sort of both things going on. Smart move. You guys at least like maintained it. I just feel like I fell off the face of the earth. Like I have, a, <laughs> I've, I've watched like maybe like an Instagram video, like a 30 second Instagram video of like, look at that cool technique. And then I'm like, ah, Brittany, come here. Let me try it on you. <laughs> no, get away from me, creep. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point that you said though, Kevin, where you have to get your, uh, your body back into the schedule again, right? Because it's kind of easy to, I would say it's kind of hard to get back in the groove of things, right? Get back in the rhythm of going to class. Yeah, for me, scheduling is always like, I'm just, I'm the kind of person who can get stressed easily. So if something's got to move, a lot of times it'll be jujitsu because family can't move. Like it's got to be, and, and work can't move. So yeah, so carving out time to make sure, no, you're going to class and make it sacred. You're going to do it. So that is, helps. Is that how you guys both trained throughout doing jiu-jitsu? You always dedicated. Okay, so Monday, Wednesdays are my nights to train. That Those are my sacred nights. I feel like, Chris, you go first. Tell me if it's, was it a set schedule or was it just like, eh, whatever, I could find time. Quite frankly, it's changed over the years because when I first started at Taikai, I was, I think maybe around, I was 25 years old. Um, my, my wife now was, I think just my girlfriend at the time and I could go as much as I wanted. So I think like many people, uh, I went four five times a week when I first yeah. started. And like, as soon as I left Taikai, uh, in it's in the old location, I was thinking about what I was going to tr- work on tomorrow, the very next day, where now um, I'm in it for probably the last 10 years or so having my, my old, oldest daughter, Grace is 10 ever since I had a, a, my, our first kid, uh, definitely more scheduled. So it's been two days a week. If I can get a third day a week, it would be uh, uh, some gravy, but usually for me, uh, pre COVID, it was Thursday nights helping with the kids' classes and then staying for the adult class, and then Saturday morning helping with the kids' class and then staying for the Nogi class. So I think once my kids maybe get a little bit older and they don't like me anymore, maybe <laughs> I'll be able to fit in some additional training. But uh, it's definitely been tough, but uh, you know, I think I've, I've done enough where I continue to get just a little bit better. 
Like I don't have huge jumps and there are a lot of plateaus, but I think, you know, I'm, I think I'm still making some progress. Do you think that's kind of on the same par? Yeah. I think that it's similar in that it changes. Like when uh, my kids were really little, it was harder to get in. And I was definitely like a two day a week for a while. And then, then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, I'm going to compete. And it was, it was okay to go five times a week or whatever. Oh, okay. So now I'm going three or four times a week pretty regularly. And then COVID hit. So, but Uh, yeah, I would say it's easier on families to have a dedicated set of nights and days that they, everybody knows, you know? So like it was usually during the week last year before COVID, I'm pretty sure I was a Monday, Wednesday guy, pretty sure. And then, I would go on Saturday morning and Sunday for Shark Tank. Like that was it, all those times every week. And it was just a known thing. Like that's what you're going to do. And that way it just helps schedule wise, especially when your kids are into different things and you got to do transportation and you got to help with meals and all that stuff. So drive them from uh, Connor's in band, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you're driving from there. Then you're all he he drives now. So he's a senior. Nice. So, so you have you have like both opposite ends of the spectrum, right? You have yeah. Like, I've been I've been all the way through now because when my I, daughter was born, she, I was just starting Taikai. Our streams uh, crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he started with the kids, and then they got older, and he got more freedom. And I started without the kids and had more restrictions. And eventually, I'll get there. But um, you know. I wouldn't trade the time with my kids and wife for anything in the world. So um, I think whatever you can fit in is in your training jujitsu. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the said. step behind Chris. It's yeah. like, I just have the newborn right? 11 months and then Chris and then Kevin's got, but when I was, before I was married with Brittany, I was going like four days a week, five days a week. Cause I had, I had yeah, no other shit was going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, yeah. so it made life a lot easier, but I like the idea of, all right, so Tuesdays, Thursdays are my dedicated nights. As long as I can schedule it out and you guys are cool that I'm there, I'm going to go train those two right. nights a week. And as long as right. it works for you guys, I'm there. Yeah. It's conversation, yep. right? And you, you also teach the Thai classes. Yeah. But you're actually, yep. and are you, do you help with the kids too? So right now, no, but probably pretty soon if they opened up everything, right? I think... Ken just got the word that the kids' classes are going to go back April fifth. I think that's the day. Oh, okay. All right. So I should I should probably ask Ken if he's going to need help with the kids' class coming up here soon. I know um, we said that a few people um, they've kind of uh, I don't want to say dropped out, but they may have had some other things come up and they're not able to help anymore. So he may need some uh, additional helpers. But yeah, I don't I don't want to leave Kenny hanging trying to trying to find people for the kids' <laughs> class. You know what I mean? Yeah. What like what made you guys want to even get into jujitsu? Uh, I'll I'll start if you want. Yeah, I, uh, for me, I was I came to jujitsu with twenty years of formal traditional karate training, and I thought, you know, I'm going to round out my skills. I want to make sure I can strike. So now I want to make sure if someone grabs me or puts me on the ground, I can deal with it. <laughs> well, when I got to Taikai and started playing around in the MMA class, I realized that is not 
true. So, I, I mean, I, I wasn't rounding out. I needed to totally rebuild or, or build. So that was pretty humbling. And uh, I would say the first two years or so, it was a struggle making myself want to go because I was so, I mean, my whole sense of self was destroyed. Who I thought I was is not who I was at all. And Jiu-Jitsu right. humbled me and really showed me, yeah, no, you've, you've got some work to do, pal. So I, uh, yeah, I really dreaded going to classes my first two years because I was, I was an angry, <laughs> angry, uh, shattered man from having myself just thrown around and choked out and punched in the face. And yeah, it was rough, but really glad I did it. So I'm glad I stuck with it. And if it weren't for the people, I can't, I can't imagine having stayed because it was, it was hard. The beginning was hard for me because I really want, I was coming at it as somebody who was an instructor and was getting my butt kicked on a regular basis. How long were you doing the other, the karate before you decided to do jujitsu? I was, I started when I was 14 and I, 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 so I think it was around 20 years. If I, if I, I can't remember the year, but it was around 20 years. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? It was great. And I'm not taking away from anybody else who does karate. I, that was my experience. Like for me, I, I just wasn't prepared for, uh, for the reality of jujitsu and MMA. What did you come from a different martial arts background, Chris? I know Kevin's got a mean sidekick. He also has a mean <laughs> he's got a mean head kick that comes out of nowhere. But I don't I don't know if you had any prior martial arts before jujitsu. I did not. And when you said he had a mean sidekick, I thought you were talking about me, like I was his sidekick. <laughs> not angry. Uh I don't have I didn't have any martial arts training. Um I my story actually goes a little bit further back and actually has some kind of weird personal uh, tones to it. But um, my parents, they kind of separated, they split up when I was five years old and my dad, he lived in another state for like most of my childhood. So the biggest male influence on me was my mom's brother, my uncle Louie and my uncle Louie, he was like a man's man. He was <laughs> a bodybuilder. He was a male model. He was a bouncer he was like a security guard for concerts and he, he actually got me into football when I was in high school and I played football for all four years and started um, pretty much, you know, all four years, JV and varsity. And then it was 1997. I was a high school senior. <laughs> Uncle Louie comes to my house with a mat and says, I got to show you something. And one of his security guard buddies, had a karate school and uh, his name is Kurt Sawyer. He had, it was called show uh, samurai martial arts or Shogun martial arts. And he got my uncle into jujitsu. They actually went to a seminar with Hoist and Horion Gracie in the, in the nineties, I think it was in Canada or something. Uh, I still have somewhere around my basement, like Hoist Gracie's autograph that he gave to my uncle that my uncle gave to me. And so he started showing me all the moves in my basement uh, he lived in Rochester, so he would drive in and show me some moves. And then they actually had a couple of like uh, a seminar, and then they started. I think they call it like Ishin Jitsu. It was like a mixture of karate and jujitsu. 
but the moves are the same as what we're doing now. It was like shrimping and bridging. And so I went to that school in Rochester, did a few classes, and then I went to college and I stopped doing <laughs> jujitsu altogether. And uh you know, got into other things. I played a lot of basketball and focused on my studies, whatever. And then once <laughs> I graduated, I lived in New Jersey for a little while. I came back to Syracuse and I was like, I'm really, I missed that, that, that jujitsu stuff that I was doing with uncle Louie. And then, uh, my current wife, Michelle, she was like, Oh, let's watch some UFC. <laughs> yeah. Current wife, dude. But you know, we went through different stages. It was girlfriend, fiance, yeah, my yeah, wife. <laughs> we watched uh, the UFC hoist Gracie versus, uh, Matt Hughes and like hoist got, beat up he got destroyed but i was like man i want to i want to get doing this again so i i looked up jujitsu places in the area i found tai kai i i you know went i so i told ken you know, I, I have a little bit of experience and uh yeah i think it was like 2005 or 2006 i i started and was deep into it right away and have been doing it since dude props to uncle louie yeah. yeah the name like uncle louie you know he's doing some man shit absolutely yeah <laughs> I love that. That and is awesome. It's funny because he stopped doing it because he had, he got some bad knees. And, uh, you know, I keep going. And I think uh, I could probably uh, do a pretty mean job on him right now. But Oh, finally, the tables oh, have turned. Turn. The tables. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about earlier in the podcast that you guys want to talk about why you guys, like what makes such a great partner in jujitsu? Right, like Chris, you're you're smiling so hard. You're you're ready to answer this question. <laughs> so I don't know if this is exactly how it went down. You know, human memory isn't 100% correct, but I I recall I was in Wegmans on Route 31, and I it was just getting a few items, and there was this guy ahead of me, um, who had no hair and looked familiar, and I was like. Hey man, do you train at Tai Kai? And it was Kevin McDougal. And we were just there at Wegmans, uh, kind of making the connections. And we realized that we live like two swerves away from each other in Liverpool. And if anyone knows the neighborhoods in the clay part of Liverpool, they're like all these like little circles connected. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could walk or run over to Kevin's house so we're, you know, we live pretty close and we just started like doing some additional training in each other's basements. And, you know, it started all from a meeting in Wegmans. And I think, you know, from being in close proximity, we both work in education. Uh, I think we probably are both really good learners and approach jujitsu kind of in a similar way. You know, Kevin, feel free to agree or disagree, but I think that sometimes the people who get really good at jujitsu are the people who listen and can apply the techniques versus like the people who are just like gargantuan behemoths who are going to power bomb you. So, yeah, I think, I think that's true. I think what you need both, like you need to be able to listen and take it in and then you need to be able to, grind it out and deal with what comes when it doesn't work. Cause it's not going to work the first few times and having a good partner that you can trust allows you to go, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to try this thing I just learned and 
if it doesn't work, I know he's not going to kill me. I know it'll be okay. And yeah, I'm going to, it's, I'll have to tap and it's going to hurt, but I can trust them to, I don't have to win all the time. He's not going to, he's not going to walk away thinking, you know, thinking less of me because that he tapped me, you know? So I think that having a, having a group of partners you can trust helps you to, to learn and actually apply what you're learning. That is very well said, especially when you partner with somebody and you know, when you roll with like a new guy and they get really tense and they like grunt a lot, you can kind of feel them. Like you're like, you're minutes away from getting your arm broken or something, you know, where when I roll with like either one of you guys, we can go at a quicker pace. And I know at the end, if you guys catch me in a heel hook, my ankle isn't going to get torn to shreds. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's also a different level of trust. Maybe, maybe it comes with experience, but there I've even seen some cases too, where the, like a white belt is, can be nice to you. It's just them trying to learn how to control their body. Right. Right. Yep. But do you think that me, that's why you guys have such a strong bromance is because you guys trust each other. (laughs) Well, then we're, we're both, you know, sexy beasts probably plays into it, but true. I mean, the thing I was going to add before was that the, one of the things about that I like about training with Kevin is that his technique is good. And then also he gives appropriate feedback when we're learning new moves or we're drilling. So mm-hmm. if, if we're putting on like a new choke or um, a variation of a choke that we learned uh, and he's like, Oh, Nope, don't feel it. You're doing something wrong. Um you know, he might even know the adjustment. So I think some guys, they won't tell you like, no, you know, you're not doing it right. Or like, uh, you know, they, they are just in it for themselves to get the move right for themselves. So, you know, quite frankly, because of COVID and because of schedules, I don't think Kevin and I have been training together as much as we were years ago. But I mean, I still have that same feeling of excitement when, you know, I see Kevin at Tai Kai and, you know, when those Saturday kick quite uh, classes, when we were both there and training, they were awesome. Yep. Yep. It's the uh, Carl Weathers, you son of a bitch handshake <laughs> when you see, when you see Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys have like a bromance like Mike and I do. Yes. It's yes, I think that's true. I think we have these, these bro couples throughout the gym. Well, but that's I, a also, good thing. There were times where yeah. not only did we train together, but. Like right. we would get over to each other's houses and yeah. watch the UFC or yeah. we, Kevin introduced me to this game where you like, it's like cards against humanity, but you use accents and oh, yeah. we, we played it once and it was hilarious and super fun. And we drove out the name together. of that game. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember what that is. Is that Boulder? No, it's uh, what's the name of the game with the accents? Utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. Utter I'm writing nonsense. that down. There is a there's a family edition, and there is a definitely not family edition. I have so, a not family edition. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I'm so, saying. Yeah, it's really fun when you play that with your in-laws and <laughs> and they get and your and your mother-in-law draws the accent orgasm. Yes. Yeah, no, that's not yeah, it sounds a lot like that, actually, Corey. <laughs> that was my first date with Britney's parents. We played Cards Against Humanity. Oh boy! This is the worst first time meeting your your girlfriend's <laughs> dad when he pulls up the card Barack Obama's dick. 
Like, you oh. don't <laughs> like that's not the card. You're like, oh, God, please, somebody get me out of here. <laughs> well, it looks like I can't share the link to this podcast with my mom. So, <laughs> Chris, I saw you talking with your friends on that game. We have that game. You should come over and play sometime. <laughs> uh, that game is very fun, but you probably don't want to play it with super sensitive people. I have played with people who have cried before. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. No. But you gotta have a good sense of humor if you want to play it. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Kevin and I do. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, all right. So back to jujitsu. Here you go. What do you guys think makes a great gym? Is it the atmosphere, the location, the people that train it? And I kind of stole this one from Ben. He asked this question on Facebook not too long ago. That's a tough. But one. I thought it was a great question. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be a combination of the atmosphere. That that's got to be. All the other things, like all the skills, all the, um, the the technical aspects, if the atmosphere isn't right, none of that's going to matter. You know, you've got to be able to, as I said, you've got to be able to trust each other, right? And you've got to have some genuine connection with each other. Um, you're going to you're going to lose, and you're going to lose a lot. So if the atmosphere is wrong, that's only going to breed resentment and anger. So I think that's I think the atmosphere is really important, but you really do have to have people instructors who are there not to uh, not to better themselves, but to better their students. Yeah, I know that it's sometimes that can be really hard. I think we are very lucky that when our instructors are in front of us or with us, they are there for us in that moment, um, even though they are trying to get better as well. Yep. So I think that's huge. Um, I think those two things are, for me, those are primary. You have to have a strong uh, team-oriented, friendly atmosphere and uh, instructors who are really looking out for the, the growth of the athletes, of the students. Yep, 100%. I think a lot of it depends on what you want to get out of jujitsu and this could be a controversial subject uh, because I know there are some people who think, you know, if you're going to train to jujitsu, you should do it to be a competitor and, you know, prove that your abilities are as strong as possible in competition against other people who are trying to do the same. And there are schools out there. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with the, the Daisy Fresh uh, series on YouTube, um, but it's a, a small school in the Midwest. Um, I forget the guy who's uh, who's the owner, but they go like it's the, like a tournament every round, all rounds. And for some people who want to, you know, win, you know, the IBJJF or, um, you know, whatever tournament it is, those might be a better fit for for some people, those types of schools where, I mean, I think maybe Kevin and I, we might appreciate Taikai because there's a good mixture if you if you want to compete there's that opportunity but if you do it just because you love the experience um you can do that too and uh certainly i am a person who enjoys variety and balance in my life and jujitsu is one of those things so i like the fact that there is good technique that's being taught you can have that camaraderie and you could do it with people who are competing in big tournaments and then you know, soccer moms and teachers and lawyers and everybody else from the rest of the, you know, every walk of society. 
yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. For, for for me personally, personally it's the it's just the people that are there that are like it could be a, like even if it was a purple belt teaching like i don't really care about that for me it's more the quality of people are i mean when you get to a school of the size of taikai where it's it's huge right we always we always have new people circulating in and out but the ones that stay there are like really great people that i've grown to love that i've known for so long and to me i think that's that's important i mean obviously quality teaching is big too but like you said, Chris, having a good mixture of do you want to compete or do you just want to hang out with your friends and get in good shape and learn some cool shit? Like there's there's a group and there's a class for for that environment. You know, I'll drive it 45 minutes for that. You know, right. yep. I got to yeah. tell you, I, I Kevin and I have both had we, we've both done some competing, but, you know, not nearly as much as a lot of other people. But I had some. Ter- I did not have a great experience. Uh, the times that I've that I've I've tried it. Um, really? So I don't know if that played a role in the fact that I you know it don't compete more. But um, the first the first competition I did, it was back when uh, Dan Koval was uh, training and teaching at our school. Oh, I yeah. had done a number of privates with Dan in addition to regular training, and he was like, "Oh, there's a, a tournament coming up in uh, Connecticut." It's a grappler's quest. I'm going to do it. I think you should do it as well. And he's like, I'll coach you. We'll get you all prepped. So, you know, I, I, I got on a diet, got to the weight class I wanted to be. Dan and I drove out there. Uh, Chris Roach competed at the same uh, tournament. And what? Chris Roach was like a blue belt. You guys were like blue belts. He, he had to, maybe he was a blue or purple. I was a blue belt, I think, at the time. Damn. And so I... I went into the my my first match and I was nervous, you know, first time. And uh, you know, I was getting dehydrated just by waiting. So I was drinking water and trying to hydrate. And I start my match, I take the guy down, I get into mount, I'm waiting for the ref to give me my points. The ref's like looking over at some chicken spandex. So then I look over at Dan to be like, hey coach, can you help me out here? Dan's gone. He got called to go to his competition, to his match. So I'm there by myself in Mount thinking, okay, you know, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to win this match. In the meantime, the guy I'm grappling has like three coaches. One of them speaking in Portuguese, the other in English. And uh, the next thing I know, he, he, he gets me, me off of him. He gets me in an arm bar, but I get out and the guy beat me like by a point. And uh, you know, it, it just was, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, oh. Then my next match, um, I think, uh, same thing. Dan was still competing with someone else. So I went into that one on my own, uh, didn't perform well. And then I had Nogi match. And uh, there was like a, a young guy. He was probably like 19. He was like a, he was, he was pretty talented. And then there was a pro MMA fighter. Uh, I think his name was like Kit Cope. He was in my division. Oh. So. <laughs> Yeah, that that didn't go the way I thought it was. So. <laughs> and then after that, I really didn't I didn't really have anyone like push me or mentor me, get me serve as a mentor and say, hey, you know, get back into it, get it back on the horse. You got the talent. You probably will do well. But uh, so I just went in the, you know, work on developing the art for myself and get as best as I can in the school. You know, you know, you're in some deep shit when you're in a tournament and you hear some guy yelling at yelling in Portuguese at your opponent. 
That's when you know you're in deep shit, dude. Well, that Brazilian is gonna mess you up, and he only scored. He only won by a point, Chris. So that's like a considered a win, I think. I remember afterwards, Chris Roach saying, "Oh yeah, I saw you start your match. That was a really nice takedown." And then, like he he didn't see anything else. Um, so um, <laughs> you're like Chris. No, he took. I didn't have any takedowns. He took me down. <laughs> shit. I did, I did actually take the guy down, but you know, I got I took him down, got the mount, but then. I just froze up and, you know, the nerves got to me or whatever happened. Yeah. So, but you know. I, I'll tell you, I had some good competition experiences and I, I mean, not to, not to glow and do the, the, the further the bromance, but it has a lot to do with Chris because when we were getting ready for my first tournament, we partnered up a lot and we, we were drilling a lot up leading up to that. And so I had some, Pretty, very successful matches. My first tournament, a small, it was a small tournament. Um, and then a few years later, I competed again. I, I like it. I just feel that you need to, and, and I've done, I've done well. Like I've been proud of my tournament experience. I just don't, I feel like if you're going to compete. You've got to devote yourself to it. Like you've got to be serious about it and get there, train hard. Um, you, Cause I want to, if I'm going to put Ty Kai on, on the mat, I want to do a good job. I don't want to just roll the dice. So I, because sometimes schedule can be a difficult thing to make sure I'm there as consistently as I think I would want to be, if I'm going to compete, um, that held me back. And, and anybody who knows me knows my spine is always a bit of an issue. So training at that level can be uh, problematic. So Although I enjoy competition, I enjoy the way that it, it definitely, you, you, when you compete, your game jumps. Like you definitely, you see a difference between who you were before you started getting ready for the competition and who you are after the competition. You're better. Like you're clearly better than you were, but it's just those things. Putting the time in can be tough and uh, dealing with my back. And other, I know some people would be like, ah, just deal with it. It's just pain. Just deal with it. I have other things I like to do too. And if I can't do those things, I'm not happy. So yeah. Well, and also it comes into like longevity of the sport. Like you guys want to do this for the rest of your life, myself included. Like you guys want to be 70 and still able to, to do like a, a a round or two. You know what I mean? You don't want to be, I I just don't want to fall into the, the common trend where it's like, Oh, my knees fucked up. Can't, Knees, knees messed up, never rolling again. I, I don't want to be that kind of person. So when like an injury happens, I'm always like, oh, god damn it! Yeah. Now I got to take care of my knee for six weeks. God damn it! <laughs> so that, but that's like yours, like with the spine, that dude, that's a serious thing. You don't, you don't want to mess up your spine. No, yeah, I, yeah, I gotta get it checked out. It's, it's time. It, it won't go away. So it's gotta. gotta what kind of out. injuries have you guys all gotten from jujitsu? For me, it's definitely just the bulging discs. Um, I haven't a couple of like sprains and oh my toe my toe is all messed up I can't I can't kneel and like I can like I can't lunge and have my toe do that I just can't my big toe can't so so my spine and my toe I'd say those are my big ones how about you Chris I got kneed in the nuts a few times but I've been (laughs) pretty I've been pretty fortunate I've been injured but always doing other things. So I <laughs> tore my groin uh, playing flag football. 
I tore my uh, lateral meniscus playing basketball. Uh, I broke my nose in high school playing football. And then like a few years ago, I had that repaired. So I had to take a break from jujitsu for a few months. But uh, I think I've been pretty lucky not sustaining any major injuries at jujitsu. Uh, my, you know what? My probably my worst jujitsu injury was a sprained shoulder way back, and it was freaky. Like I, it was just, uh, we were doing wall drills during MMA class, and it was just the cheese grater takedown. And I, as I hit the floor, that shoulder just, it, and it was really painful, <laughs> horrifically painful. And for a few weeks, I couldn't do anything with it, but. I forgot about that. That was years and years ago. I, I actually just remembered that in addition to being uh need in the nuts a bunch of times, I was knocked into another dimension when Chris Roach put his bare chest on my face. Uh, you know, he has, he doesn't wear a rash guard and uh, I don't know where he took me to, but it was just definitely not planet earth. Um, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, I always tell Chris Roach, I tell him the same joke. He probably, is sick of hearing it, but it's like the scene in uh, was it uh, along came Polly when he was playing basketball, and that giant dude came up and like rubbed on his face and then came down and got all in his mouth. That's like you when you roll with Chris Roach. Yeah, <laughs> I love Chris Roach, is one of the best. Like, I think he yep. said, even said this, and it's comp- like some people probably say this and it's not true, but he rolls like at the, at the level, I think both pace and technique of the person he is rolling with. Yep. So he's great at that. I don't think I ever have rolled with him where he like used his massive strength or his magical hair power against me. Like he just, <laughs> he just is a great black, big black belt to roll. And he's got so many gears. That's a good way to put Chris Roach's yeah. Yeah. style. He's very, uh, he's like in a cruise control when he grapples with you he's like all right how's how's kevin grappling today is he right. low key all right no I'll, I'll go low key oh he's high energy all right get out of my jacket kevin <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of things do you guys do to stay in shape for jiu-jitsu or do you guys do anything other than yeah jiu-jitsu? i do i do a lot of training i've got a gym in my home so i do i, I pretty much i work out uh in the morning, typically I will work out in the morning every day. And then if I, I try to do some sort of martial arts at night so that that way I can have both. Like, so I'll do conditioning in the morning and then do like kick the bag or well do, do some bag work and some ground drills. If I'm home or go to go to the gym and do jujitsu. Um, but for me, it's like I'll do two uh, days of upper body push, two days of upper body pull. And along with that, there'll be um, legs on both of those days as well. And uh, like I said, I'll use the bike a lot and hit the bag a lot. Do you think the bike is best to improve your jujitsu cardio? I used to love to run, but my back hates to run now. So the bike is a nice, no impact way of getting similar. It's not the same. It is definitely not the same, but I do, I do think when you do it, like I'll do intervals on the bike and so I'll really spike my heart rate and, but then you have to keep going. 
So that does feel somewhat like you feel when you're doing jujitsu. Mm. Um, it just doesn't have that impact of running is so beneficial. I know that it's also detrimental, but it's super beneficial too. And you don't get that on the bike. What about you, Chris? Do you do something to supplement you know, like your cardio? Yeah, I, I've always been someone who just loves being active and uh, certainly jujitsu is a part of that. And I haven't really found anything that really replicates the same type of like cardio system as actually doing jujitsu. So, you know, I, I play a, well, before COVID I played a ton of basketball. So I fortunately work at a location where there's a, a great fitness facility. So I'd be playing two or three times a week, uh, full court, five on five. Uh, I got a pretty good crossover, pretty good three point shot. So, uh, you know, I enjoy it. Anything I completely dislike distance running because I get very bored. Um, so I could play basketball for like three hours and I was doing that, but, uh, similar to Kevin, I have some good equipment at home. I have a power, uh, half rack. So, you know, I lift, uh, weights, I squat, I bench press, I deadlift. Uh, I do a lot of pull-ups. Uh, I now have an elliptical. So I've been, uh, doing that while watching the Corey cast on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> at least I did recently when you put that one up. Uh, but I also am very fortunate. I have some pretty nice jujitsu mats in my basement. So I have uh, some like, I don't know, half inch or three quarter inch dolomer mats. I'm looking at them. They're like, I don't know, like 20 feet by 15 feet. So, you know, I'll do some stuff with the grappling dummies or some uh, jujitsu type of workout in my basement too. That's cool. That's, I think that's my next move. Get some mats in my basement, be able to do some jujitsu at home. Yeah, it's not the same, but you know, if you're doing like, if you're doing push-ups and burpees, and then you jump on the dummy and do some stuff, and then do push-ups and burpees, you kind you're getting there, you're getting close. Right. right. I gotta. Admit, I'm you know I'm not a big strength and cardio guy in jujitsu. I'm like rely on the technique as much as I possibly can. Well, at least I hope I feel that way about myself. I mean, as people who have rolled me, with me, you can tell me if I'm completely way off base and just living a del- delusional life. But um, I think doing the grappling dummy and adding in the techniques um, is beneficial, just as beneficial as the cardio aspect. Absolutely. Cause if you get tired or if you get behind, like I was saying earlier, if, if you are, um, you make a mistake, you're going to get tired. So if you're, if you're in good position more often, you don't need the conditioning that you would otherwise need. I noticed that when I get better, it's harder for me to get a workout during rolling because it's even if my conditioning hasn't changed, it's just like, Oh, I don't have to work as hard because I'm always where I want to be. So I don't have to escape. I don't have to get up off the bottom. I don't have to, whatever, you know, and I'm not having to fight every fight off and frame constantly and pull on grips all the time. You get, you don't get as tired. Dude, that's a solid point. I never thought of that actually. I, I feel like I blow my load when I grapple with people. Sometimes I'm just like hundred percent every get out of position, get out of here, do this thing. And then Kevin's like, nah, dude, just do, do shit the right way. And you won't be tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, Kevin and I are both in our forties. So I think at some point we're like, okay, let's, let's try to be efficient because, you know, we're not as young as we used to be, but I, I definitely feel like recently using the grappling dummy, like I, I realized where I would, like I, where I would like to go and then like where I'd get like 
stopped by people. And like recently I was working on a, a triangle from the back. So it's just like one more tool on your Swiss army knife of jujitsu moves, which in some ways can help with your cardio because rather than using muscle, you use this new move when you get in that tricky situation that in the past you just freak out in. Yeah. Right. If you know a transition, it's not hard work to do it. Right. You just do the technique correctly and you won't have to get so gassed quickly. <laughs> That's the do theory. You guys, do you guys prefer gi or no gi? Oh man. I, I can, I've never been able to answer that question. I love no gi and I really do enjoy the gi. I think that I love, <laughs> I love to attack in gi because <laughs> I have those grips to anchor down. I'm not a big guy, so I like to be able to anchor down and use the grip to keep me on. Um, but with Nogi, if I have to escape, I would rather be Nogi to get out yeah. of the bottom, to take it off the bottom and to get out of chokes and arm bars. So I got that's the only thing I can say. If I'm attacking, I'd rather have a gi. If I'm escaping and defending, I'd rather be Nogi. And you can't really you can't really choose in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like pondering over there. He's yeah, like, mm. I think my ultimate preference is no nogi, um, just like completely clothesless. But uh, <laughs> wait, whoa, hold on, nogi, that still means a rash guard and shorts. Chris, are you saying nothing on at all? No nogi, yeah, like dudes, like old Greek Roman wrestlers, right? I think they grappled butt naked. I think it doesn't right. just have to be dudes. Um, you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> everything in between. We have to be inclusive, Corey. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> but to, to give you an honest answer, at one point I was going through a spider guard phase and I preferred gi at that point. But I think I'm pretty 50-50 um, where I like both now. I think there are things I know I need to work on in both. Uh, and like Kevin said, the grips are different. I feel like I rely heavily on closed guard and spider guard and my butterfly guard still needs a lot of work. And so doing that in gi and no gi, you can, I can, I can do butterfly in both, but they're right. just slightly different. So, um, you know, I, I don't really personally have a preference. That's such a hard question. Do you prefer? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what do you think? I, if I'm doing jujitsu, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm all good. If I'm, or if we're doing it in the pajamas, cool. If we're doing it in shorts and t-shirt, that's cool too. Are we doing jujitsu and I'm hanging out with my friends? Cool. That's a no brainer. Let's do it. Yep. But yeah, I, don't, I, think... I like, no, I guess I would say no gi. Cause then if it was in the streets, but I mean like how many, not around here. Use the term in the streets. I've never once have I had to been in a situation where I've had to. I, I agree. And I, I, I think that too, like stop saying in the streets. Cause yeah. I'm 46 years old. I'm not going to have a street fight. And then there's the fact that we live in central New York and most of the year we're wearing jackets and jeans. So that looks a lot more like a gi than it does a rash guard and shorts. Yep. Who's getting collar choked in that? that, Yeah. Yeah. And you're, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at your hoodie thinking it looks like somebody already ripped your hood off. Yep. Just a little bit. Yeah. No, I couldn't even, I couldn't fit my large ass head through this hoodie. Oh, is that what it was? Yep, 100%. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Do you guys have jujitsu pet peeves? Jujitsu pet peeves? Like if, Just, some, like if somebody doesn't cut their nails? Like somebody I was going to say, smells and hygiene would be the biggest one. Biggest one. 
I would Taika, we're pretty lucky at Taika. There's not a lot of sticky magoos over there. No, not typically, but boy, yeah. when it happens, whoo. Uh, <laughs> but the, I guess the other thing I would say is just like uh, people who people who can't control their emotions mm. and and really have like making it awkward when they win or lose like mm-hmm. that i think we've got to be better but again i think we're lucky at taika it's only very rare that i see any of that it's usually newer people um yeah so i'd say those are my big ones chris you you're pondering over there yeah no i'm really thinking about this one i think my biggest pet peeve was kind of rectified no latch on one of the bathroom stalls uh you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> That I, I, maybe it didn't get rectified. I haven't ventured into uh, the toilet area since coming back um, in the pods, but uh, I don't. I mean, I think you guys kind of hit the the common ones. People who don't, they, you know, they smell or they don't cut their nails, or um, you know, every now and then you'll get someone who comes in and they have a bad attitude. But uh, you know, maybe a little bit more on something I said earlier. Um, you know, having your expectations placed on like other members, right? So if you think that the place should be run a certain way or the members have to act a certain way because that's the way you want it to be, you know, I think everybody should be able to have that choice for themselves. And, you know, if if this was like a, a military-based school or like an MMA factory, it might be different. But I think uh, we have a really good balance and I like that balance that very well said dude i would say that would be my pet peeve too next to somebody who doesn't cut their toenails or smells like dookie somebody (laughs) somebody who has very weird expectations of what they think the gym should be right i mean i don't know it's we have such a great mix of people at Taikon. That's what that's what makes me want to st- we have people who competed in UFC, people who competed in Bellator. We have right. soccer moms. Yeah. We have the amateur dude that took two fights and then never wanted to do it. So we have like this like beautiful mixture of people. There's there's that quote that's online that's like the jujitsu match are the one places where a police officer can grapple with a, a criminal and they all get along just fine. That's what that's what I appreciate about because our Taikai is like that perfect example of that mixture. Not to get all like foo foo and positivity, but that's that's why I love Taikai for so long. A lot of credit has to go to Ken. What's that? A lot of credit has to go to Ken. He's uh, you know, he he's developed a a good uh, atmosphere and you know, he brings in people that need jujitsu in their life. He keeps people who want jujitsu in their life and uh you know, I think everybody has made connections with certain instructors. And, you know, I got pretty much my full set of foundation, my, like my full jujitsu foundation from Ken. And then Dennis, you know, he's played a big role and he's like one of the easiest guys to get along with ever. So I think between the two of them, it's it's definitely had a positive impact on me. And I know other instructors at Taikai have had that positive impact on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree that I love the fact that you have different, you know, if you're looking for the gym to be a certain way, just go to a different class and you'll find it's a slightly different vibe and that's, that's okay. That's fine. And we all, we all have different goals and we have different reasons why we're there. 
Um, and, and that's fine. That's absolutely okay. But you're right. Don't put that on other people. Yeah, I love that's... too, Kevin, you said uh, each class, like you, if you want something a certain, go to that, that instructor's class because every instructor teaches class so much different. It's like, what, what do you want to get out of jiu-jitsu? Do you want to be a competitor? Do you just want to know self-defense? Do you just want to grapple and hang out with your dudes and learn some cool shit? Like there's all these things that it's funny because I think everybody at Taikai has those few instructors that yeah. influence them in their game strongly. Right. Every Like how many people have come through the noon class and Ben has affected their game. You know, right. like that's one of my favorite things to do to them. in the yeah, summer as a teacher. People, yeah. The people that did MMA for Dennis have a certain like, dude, you said cheese grater. My, I was like, Dennis, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. It's been a minute, but like everybody there has that foundation laid by other teachers, yep. which is, oh man, it's such a beautiful thing. The, one uh, of my favorite things to do in the summer is I get to go to the new class because I'm a teacher. So I can go to the new class and then all week, if I go to, I can go to like almost every class. So I see a lot of different instructors. I'm telling you, yeah, the vibe is different because you've got different people and the instructors are different. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's awesome. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that it's so powerful to be able to do that. Yep. And they're all good at jujitsu. Like they all, <laughs> <Very good. laughs> yeah. and they have like their, their go-tos, but they know a whole bunch of other stuff. Like every instructor in every class they just have such a great repertoire and you know, the things that work for Ken might be different than the things that work for Dennis, but they still know like a whole bunch of the same stuff that overlap and can impart that on members like Kevin and I and you, Corey. So. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. When you guys think of like the first two instructors I think of is obviously Seifu because Muay Thai and Dennis, those were like the first two instrumental instructors that probably laid the biggest like probably laid the foundation for my jujitsu game those two i mean sifu you know more muay thai but he's his jujitsu game's still on point too right Ke- yep. kevin's freaking like 69 and 68 and he's still grappling that's goals yep. right there yeah yeah, yeah. That's, 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 a hard grapple. that's a hard round yeah. when you when you roll with sifu yeah you know? mm-hmm. damn yep. so what what point what would be a piece of advice you would give to somebody who is just taking jujitsu for the first time. First day of class, what is a tip or trick huh. you give them? Chris, you go I'm first. Not I'm not giving any first day people any tips. Like no tricks <laughs> or tips, right? Just basic. I'm not saying I'm not helping them, but no tricks. Like your first day is not the day for tricks, right? Your first day is to learn the basics. And it's, you know, this question, Corey, is a good one because like I said before, there are a lot of like lower belts in the pod now. And the thing that I'm noticing now that I would tell them is use your arms less, right? So I get in, I've been getting in mount and everybody's just trying to push me off of them, right? And they're not getting on their side and they're not using their body and they're not going for an upa. They're just pushing with their arms in like every direction they can. And I think that's the best advice. Use your arms less and use the technique that you just were taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would be a little more general. Uh, that's a great advice. Though. I thought you were going right. to say generous. I thought you were going to just say, I would be a little kinder to that. <laughs> no, no. I think first of all, 
New people get nothing. No, you, you gotta you gotta come through the ringer like the rest of us. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do think that uh, you know, I would say, listen, you've got to make sure you're breathing. And I know that sounds stupid, but you've got to make sure that you're not holding your breath when you're exerting yourself. You've got to breathe. Uh, during class, don't zone out. You've got to be listening. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Cause I see people doing it. They're looking around and they're, they're sort of, they're sometimes they're sizing up the room cause they know they're going to roll. No, listen, watch the instructor really pay attention to what he's saying or she uh, and breathe when you're rolling and be ready to tap. It's okay. We all tap. Like I think that one of the most powerful things we could do for new people is sit them down and have upper belts roll together. Have them watch how it goes. We're laughing. We're having fun. We were singing sometimes and we get tapped out and we're like, Oh man, that was great. Slap hands, bump fist, go again. Everything's fine. It is not kill or be killed. That's not what this is about. You gotta, you gotta be okay with the flow with the, with just, just, you've got to understand that you can't learn if you're in a uh, state of, of fear. You can't learn if you're in a state of emergency. So you've got to, and I think they need to see that. They need to see that this place isn't about killing each other even though the techniques are designed to kill each other. <laughs> even though we're training to kind of choke and kill each other, that's yeah. not what this place is for. Right? It's not why we're here. It's funny you said breathing, because I use the same line in class when Friday is the fundamental class, the fundamental tie class, so I do a lot of basic stuff. I see a lot of new faces in the Friday class. I always say the same line. I just say, breathe out or else you're going to shit your pants <laughs> when you throw punches. It always gets people to laugh, and I feel bad if you've taken my class 30 times when I say that same line. But like when you're striking or even when you're grappling, if you're not breathing out as you spoke, you're – you're just gonna get you're gonna get winded way quicker, and you might poop your pants. I it, it happened before, not. But I'm just saying, please be careful. That's all. That's it, dude. That's good advice. Yeah, this might be a good advertisement for anyone who's constipated. Um, yep. If yep. you are constipated, come to jujitsu. It serves as a great laxative for me. Um, I <laughs> especially if Chris I, wrote on neon belly. Well, actually, uh, black belt Steve went neon belly on me during my brown belt test and, and it, it turned, almost turned into a brown belt test it almost turned into a brown pants test but i'm <laughs> that was that was real close chris congratulations on your brown belt and brown pants congratulations <laughs> dude this was a lot of fun this was sweet yeah yes at the same time two of my favorite jiu-jitsu partners this is sweet i, I got gotcha. you i had a lot of fun me too. Thanks for having us on. Heck yeah. Do you you guys should come on more often or do uh your own individual? You guys always have an open invite. I love you guys. Cool. Awesome. Well, I didn't feel like we talked over each other too much. I thought it was a great mix. I think so. We were kind to each other. And when we saw someone else starting to speak, we just pulled it back. Um <laughs> yeah. I think it was good. Guys, I appreciate you. Thanks for doing this. Are you yeah, putting thanks for having on us. YouTube? It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Spotify, all your podcast links. It'll be wow. kind of a while until this one drops, to be honest. But when it drops, I'll send you guys the info. So Can you, guys you edit me to look cooler? Because I probably should have just taken my work clothes off and just oh. done this in my t-shirt. Or 
it was man. So cool. Oh, it's awesome. And the Mortal Kombat background. I love every yeah. I love every bit of this. <laughs> this whole screen. You, well, Kevin, this is great. All right, good. Well, again, thanks for having us on. Can't Hell wait yeah. to see if anybody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big commercial for Taika. You really <laughs> If you like this episode, make sure you review it, subscribe, follow. If you share anything from the podcast, just use the hashtag CoreyCast. And I want to say thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. The joy I get from putting these out is indescribable to me. The fact that I have my friends texting me, telling me how much they love that episode or they love this guest, it really means the world to me. And because of you guys, I get to do something that I love very much. So appreciate you guys very much. Love you.